You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm one of the hosts of this wonderful podcast. And joining me on the other line for our weekly show, he has returned from his in-laws injury, Mr. <laughs> Tony. How you doing? I was hobbled. I missed the entire Hawks game. I had to catch up a day later like a normal person. I know. Uh, but <laughs> I am good. I, uh, I am good. I've just enjoyed a dominant Pacers win against the Hornets where they were terrible in the third quarter and completely destroyed them the rest of the game. I, I really thought we were, we were going to be another one of those games where the Hornets come back. Right? It was like, they had like a 15-point lead last time they played, right? Something crazy like that, and they blew it. So outside of the third quarter, the Pacers won this game by 31. Yeah, they destroyed bad, them. That <laughs> third quarter, I think, <laughs> just went terrible. Yeah, I was getting the the feeling you had in the first Hornets game where you go, "Oh no," you know they they figured this out. But uh, it turns out when the Hornets don't get to shoot thirty five more free throws than the Pacers, they uh, do not have the way of generating enough offense. Yeah, and it also helps when you have they did shoot thirty five free throws though. It also helps when you have a bench that scores. I mean, math for, scored fifty points for the Pacers to like. I think the yes. Hornets had. Let me do the math in my head real fast. Twelve plus four plus fourteen is what? You can do it. Thirty-two. Thirty. Thirty. On, they beat them by twenty points. So a, a, a plus twenty bench that helps any game. <laughs> yeah, that helped them all week, right? I mean, against the Hawks, Doug McDermott was Doug McDermott of last year, right? On the road, hitting everything. And Aaron Holiday has been awesome for the whole week against the Celtics. He was really good uh, guarding Kemba. Nate McMillan talked about, you know, how good he thought he did playing defense in that game. Yeah. And of course he had 18 points. And then against the Clippers, everybody kind of sucked, but their bench was still okay. At least they got a lot again for McDermott and McConnell was McConnell. You know. They had so, good bench performances all week long. So I don't think their bench has outscored any game this week. I think it came close to the Clippers game because Harrell had 26 points. But the I think bench, they got outscored against the Clippers, yeah. No, if you do the math, I think they end up slightly above maybe. Pacers had 32. No, they didn't. Oh, yeah, they got beat. Okay, they got beat by like five. Okay. Trez got them, yeah. But the, the Celtics one was the key where they, they beat the Celtics basically by like 20 points at the bench. Something insane. Remember, it's like ridiculous to me that we're at this conversation because, I mean, there was a time – Six or seven games into the year, where I thought it was the worst bench in the NBA. They were horrible. Well, in your defense, they were having to play to Carson as a starter, so I don't even <laughs> want to know playing the nut guy off the bench. At that but point. even when they were healthy, like McConnell couldn't do anything at first. They, I mean, I know it takes they time weren't to gel, but they until the terrible. 11th game. Turner didn't come back to the 11th game. They were not healthy for the first 11, for those 11, 12 games. They just weren't at all. Because there's no Vic and no Turner. That's two of their best, two of their best four or five players, whatever you want to call it. Right, right, right. I, I'm so, not. I don't. I mean, even who the guys that were playing were playing bad, though. Like guys. Yeah, because they were having to start like (laughs) Aaron Holiday, Jakar Sampson, Goga for a game or two. Like that's why Jakar played amazing. Yes, Jakar played amazing. But like when you start Jakar Sampson, (laughs) it just it it's a domino effect of like who is playing here. Then that means he's at least playing minutes usually. Um, I refuse to allow you be searched the name of of Jakar Sampson, who is. I think Jakar played. I I just mean it's an indication if Jakar is your starting what center I guess he was against the Hornets last time they played. That means there's a lot of things that are depth-wise wrong with your team at the moment. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Well, they've been awesome ever since is the yeah. point here. Well, and, uh, the, and point guard, sorry. And I think point guard play is the biggest reason for their success. So you think it's Aaron, right? You would say it's Aaron, it's Aaron Holiday, right? Aaron and TJ have both been awesome. I, I mean, we talked before the show and I, you said TJ and I said Aaron. I don't want to say – Aaron's been the better one to like belittle McConnell because he's been so good. You know, he's clearly been the initiator off the bench almost every game. I just think Aaron's been awesome. Like he's finally, as I said to you before the show as well, he's finally gotten to the maturity point where he doesn't just come in looking to shoot, right? He comes in looking to run an offense. And sometimes that is hunting his shot because he's good at it, but other times that is distributing and he's figured out that balance much better now. And it's making him look a lot better. So it, it helps when Aaron Hoss having, what, the best five-game run of his career so far, except for the yeah. Clippers game he's had. I, let's Huge not, week. 12, and then Fortnite Clippers, 18, 13, and 23 today. Um, so the thing about McConnell, though. 23 look, today, look, wow. Yeah, look, look at McConnell's assists, though, right? So oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the difference, right? Holiday is basically about two assists, somewhere in there. McConnell, besides the Clippers game, was five against the Celtics, 
I believe he had another, what, five against – He's the distributor. Five he, against the Hawks and eight tonight against the Hornets. I mean, that's the – he's just been that – that's my point guard. I feel like I view Holiday more as the shooting guard, but that's just maybe semantics. I mean, I don't care what position designation you give them. They're yeah. both initiators. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I'm, but, I mean, yeah, also, McConnell has been – I don't, I don't want to belittle McConnell. I thought he was awful at the beginning of the year, and he's been tremendous ever since. And he – and you know, he fits in well with McDermott. He's, like, one of the best guys at finding him they've had. I think – you're seeing a big difference where we talked about this with Corey Joseph and Carlson on last year. We liked what they gave, but a lot of what they did passing the ball was like the safe pass or like the convenient pass. Whereas like McConnell will take, you know, he'll, he'll fire the dart through the defense or he'll do a no look thingy majig or uh, whatever, those kind of things that, that make you able to have a high impact passing level. And, and when he breaks down the defense and can get in there, like he has been too, it, it magnifies that even more. Yeah. And I mean, I think I was going to look at it is just, the the chemistry and whatever the the flow of the five right so the holiday brothers mcconnell mcdermott's bonus some there's something that is starting to brew there those five yeah. players are starting to figure out which is concerning because what happens when lamb has to go play with them and how does that screw things up um but there's just something about those five guys i mean both holly brothers together they're just they just it feels like they bring the best out of both each other almost at times right i don't know how you feel with that way, but it feels that way that like at times it's basically like Justin brings the best out of Aaron at times and on both ends of the floor and they just, they play a little together. And then you add in all the other kind of good offensive talent with Sabonis, German McConnell. And it's like, and almost unbeatable. Yeah. The, the holiday brothers together have been just so fun to me. They've outscored opponents by 21 minutes or 21 minutes, 21 points this year. And their offense has only been like fine. It hasn't been bad. It's just been fine. They're just defense together has been really good, which leads to transition for DLs and stuff like that. Uh, it's been a joy watching them together. I, I, uh, Got to chat with them about family and how that's helping them be calm before games and stuff like that. They they were very open and fun, and they both uh, have been playing very well. So uh, I know we've been really cheery to start. Should we kind of ask what what do you think happens when Lamb has a slot in on the bench? Is um, it, does Justin Holiday goes out. Does it turn? McC- yeah, no, I think it'll be McConnell that goes out. That feels dicey, but I guess that I think they go Aaron three wings Sabonis. If I had to guess. I guess does Aaron have enough passing in him? Because, I mean, right, look at McConnell's assist. I mean, he needs to put up that kind of assist right. to be able to kind of match the production. But then right, Lamb I think that they'll offense. try. Yeah, Lamb yeah. has a lot more offense. I mean, certainly. He does. But is he yeah, He's to been pass? solid. He's been super solid all year long. It, I guess it, to me it feels like when they have those five guys on the floor, they're all willing to pass. When I when I watch McConnell warm him, I feel like they're just not wanting to pass the ball. But just – I have to see it, you know. I just <laughs> – it's going to be impossible to envision without seeing it. And it's, I think they can play both and, and bench maybe Justin, but I don't know if that's the right idea either. We'll so, and this will lead to our next kind of discussion, but is there a chance if they like the bench so well that they, they try to move Jimmy Lamb right now? No, 0%. Okay. Because, right, the trade deadline <laughs> just started. We, the, the, yeah, the, so the official designation, and this will be our next segment, is guys who are signed this summer can be traded starting December 15th. So – for the Pacers, uh, in the, well, Warren could have been already, but like Jeremy Lamb can be traded now. Um, actually, he might be the only one because Brogdon's January 15th. Uh, Holiday, Justin Holiday can be traded now. TJ McConnell can be traded now. For a lot of, there's like over 100 players so, in the NBA that. Wait, Brogdon because he was traded, right? Yeah, so that because he was signed with bird rights technically by the Bucks, uh, he's January 15th. Okay. Instead. I don't really mean much, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're not going to trade. We know they're not going to trade Warren and Brogdon. Well, they're not going to trade anybody, probably. No, they're not going to trade anybody, probably. But I, anyway, I guess <laughs> no, I mean, and the, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I think, though, you know, Mark Monty just wrote a story about, you know, guys talking about the shuffle. Like, Brogdon's prepared to have to be the captain guy who's like, look, we have to accommodate Vic. We have to we have to figure this out when that does happen. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing with Lamb, too, you, you assume Vic's probably only going to play if he comes back, let's say, mid-January like a th- what's it three fourths of the games anyways because he's gonna miss every back-to-back they're gonna probably rest him on certain nights anyway so even if you have this weird kind of bench sometimes you're probably gonna get lamb playing with the stars a lot and then worst case if you really think lamb's in fit you just don't play him with the bench like you just don't i mean you're just kind of holding the wings i don't know if that would work but that's maybe what you decide i don't know that's that's i hate concern because no, lamb's too good to not play right and that, that's what i'm getting kind of concerned i guess is that there seems to be a really good chemistry right now and when you throw in lamb does it kind of mess it up too much because like lamb plays I, with those guys now so no <laughs> well no but the lineup that's been really awesome has basically been mcconnell holiday mcdermott uh sabonis i guess the, the other holiday right? that, that lineup has just been awesome sure. and sure. I, I mean 
I know sometimes there's almost something where you could have too many good players on a team at once. I don't know. And they don't have a lot of – the pitchers trade a lot of their draft assets, their first-round pick next year, and there might be some move for Lamb to do that. I don't know if they see no, that. No, there's not. There's not a move for Lamb. <laughs> I, I'm just saying – I mean, I'm not saying they should. I just – I would – you know, it's like you don't want to screw up a bad thing or a good thing right now to make it a bad thing. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of accommodating – Too early to say. Yeah. Speaking of accommodating Vic, McMillan – was out uh, talking about Vic this week. First, you know, he does it. Well, he's Celtics. The first time he did it in a month, right? He said he, did, he said something in November, like 18th. Uh, it was say. mostly just the first time he's been asked because a lot of the road teams don't ask. And uh, beat riders just know <laughs> that it's not time yet. So it's kind of the first time he's been asked in a while. So we should also say shout out to Vic for uh, finally losing in the um, yeah singer. So he was finally so we, the shout out is for the shout out for losing is that he can finally admit it instead of having yes. to pretend it's not. Well, him. and I don't know about you. I started watching. We watching it every single week, uh, Marina and I. But towards the end, towards the last couple weeks, he's like made a couple more like moves. He's been a little more like aggressive. Like with dance and a couple <laughs> times, I got a little worried that like there was a step and he's got this big costume on and he like started watching the step. I'm like, please don't miss the step. Just please don't miss the steps. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, he got, he got to what the final five or something. Yeah, final. I guess he was the fifth. Yeah, fifth one. I don't know. I haven't watched any of it. I just well, that's because that's because you're too cool for it, Tony. Um, so McMillan oh. said, McMillan said, I don't see him coming back anytime in the near future. Uh, that's basically the quote. He thinks he'll be going through full practices now, but they're being careful with the target date. Um, but he said things can change quickly when he returns. So he's yeah. This then this is the rest of it is all. So I think sometime bang. this month they'll have another meeting with doctor. Scott Agnes has been all over that kind of stuff. Uh, but that has not happened yet. And I think that will be when more clarity pops up. Uh, until then, I think we'll just get the same going through full practices, not a set day. Um, but I think it's in January. You know, after being, we were all optimistic that it'd be around now, maybe Christmas time. Uh, that seems not the case anymore. I think it's safe to assume it'll be January now. I think it's closer to January 30th than it is to January 1st. I agree. Okay. I am with you there. You know, he only has to play 30 good games. They only have to be in March and April and May. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't seem like they have had any setbacks or anything like that. It's just a long injury, right? Like, Roberson had a quad injury. and When, when he screwed his up, he hasn't played since. It's been two years for him. Well, That's- and the thing with Vic, too, is you want to take your time because, right, the Pages are, are really right now, what, one player away from being one of the competitive for a three-season yeah. game, right? They're when, you're one- 18, when you're 18 and nine, you just kind of – well, you're, they, they, they feel like they're one player away from being really competitive for the three seed. I'm not going to say they're as good as the Bucs because they're not. The Bucs are like 24 and three. We'll talk about them. Yeah, the Bucs haven't yeah. lost in like 100 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they're, they feel like they're right there as a team who can make these conference finals. They're one player from being in the conference finals. Let's put it that way, maybe. Yeah. Or yeah. having a shot. Keep winning. Yeah, you know, they just showed they can beat without Vic, the Celtics. So, yeah. Obviously, Marcus Smart was out. It's a big factor here, but uh, they did beat the Celtics. Yeah. And, Gordon, and again, Vic is a bigger missing piece than Smart. But, yeah. Well, and, and Hayward went went out mid fourth third quarter. Was it third quarter? Yeah, yeah. McDermott with a with oh, an unfortunate, in the face. unfortunate maneuver, <laughs> or fortunate, I guess, if you're a fan of the page. Uh-huh. Anyway, one more thing before the trades, Adam. Yeah. That I want to talk about uh, after a disgustingly bad run of games. Well, that that disgusting is too. He had played terrible against the Pistons and Sixers and had some rough games. Three straight pretty good games from Turner, including a great game tonight against the Hornets. Yes, he, he needed these badly. <laughs> yeah, he's starting to turn the corner at least a little bit. It felt like it tonight. just felt like all his confidence was just gone, completely gone. Well, it felt like one the team was going out of it. Like I've watched some of the broadcasts now; they're going out of their way to like kind of ease concerns about him. It felt like at times. Um, I know, like I've seen like Popeye say something to JJ. I've seen Dan Burke say something. I've seen. I mean, I think everybody's kind of something about Turner. We're adjusting. He's in a new role. All this stuff to kind of ease concerns. But he's played well. I, I think he played well against the Hawks too. I mean, I don't want little points, but for him, sure. I'm saying last three like Celtics, Hawks, and Hornets. Yeah. Played well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I think Celtics like you could go kind of. Eh, I don't know if he played great against them, but I think but the last two he's the played who? well. The, the Celtics. I mean, he was good. He played great okay. in that game. They had him come in at the end just to protect the paint, like over and over, and he did a good job. I know, but I just mean overall. Like, you look at his box score, you're kind of like, eh. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember that. I felt like uh, yes. Sabonis, the, the perfect way to evaluate a player. No, but remember from that game, Sabonis <laughs> was the player they needed on the court at times for yes. most of it. The offense defense switch was very interesting. That's yeah. what I mean. I mean, and what it felt like at least to me. Now, Sabonis had his own list. Always has been kind of, I don't know, sometimes annoyingly off it when he's five feet in the rim. Sometimes like clunking a lot of shots. It feels like. 
Um, yeah, Turner's second leading score against the Hornets. Just now they actually let him chuck. Got some boards. Amazing defense, five blocks. Plus 19, team high. They were they were good with him out there, which is also a, a key factor in all this. Yeah. Turner's problem right now is really just his three-point shot. If he can hit – he just – yeah, well, it's not gone. He was two or seven. That's not. That's not uh, this month he's like at fifteen percent. I know, but he was gone. okay tonight. He was okay tonight. I'm just saying he was okay tonight. That's yes, that's he was problem, good right? in this. He was good in this game. You know, mm-hmm. I I know I just said the box score. Like we, I don't really care what his actual like box scores like in terms of points and rebounds and whatever. I just care what is his shooting percentage and what is what is his three point percentage. Right. That's really what matters when I watch Turner. Is is he efficient oh, wow. enough when he has that's the ball? Not what I think about. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, making shots is better than missing. Sorry, on the offensive end of the floor, it's probably the same. That's oh, what yeah, I, I'm looking just by percentages, not at like points, because points don't matter. I just, is he being efficient when he's on offense? And be, obviously, he defensively, he's doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Yes, his drop coverage and all that is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Uh, still, glad to see him have a, a nice confidence boosting game. Yeah, I think he it was. Him. I think it was good. Good to see. 14 is, is his uh, – is that his highest scoring game this month? No, he had 17 in Memphis. That's right. His uh, second highest scoring game this month. It's been a I guess the question will become is he's got two – well, I guess I don't know if the Bucs are going to be that tough for him, but uh, definitely the Lakers will be a tough matchup for him. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, how did he do against the Bucs the first time? Yeah, he, he had 16 points at that time. He had okay. 16 and 10, so, yeah, he was good against the Bucs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't remember what he had. I just honestly couldn't. Um, the Lakers have uh, Anthony Davis, so it depends. <laughs> depends how the matchups shake out in that game. We'll get to that. Yes. Okay, now we can pivot if you'd like. All right, so you want to you want, want to take a break and then talk about some trade stuff? Sure. Welcome back into Locked On Pictures Podcast. All right, I'm going to do this on the fly for you, Tony. Let's do a little bit of trade. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I have an, an outline for an article about this, so okay. I actually can make it not on the fly if you want. Well, I was going to say we should do the Kings preview at the end of this because I think we should kind of mix up the game previews because I think we should do a last segment on Lakers Bucks. So we should do. Is there killer? Okay. Yeah, because the Kings are much are a lot less important than the rest right. of them. Well, I will lead the trade thing as fast as possible. If that's okay, then. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So the question that we're going to answer here, Adam, is will the Pacers make a trade? Your prediction right now is? No. My prediction is also no. So here's why they would. I have three reasons typed down. Tell me if you can think of anything besides this. Number one is they falter a little bit in by mid-January, and they need to strengthen the squad. That's obvious. But they don't have a ton of assets or guys to move to obviously do that. Two, move expiring guys for second rounders. There's one guy I'm staring at when I say that, but another guy I don't think they move. Three, improve camaraderie if guys get mad about their playing time, which is when Vic comes back. So – the only reasons to me they would make a trade are if they just have a terrible run of play, which I don't think will happen. Uh, if they want to move expirings for seconds, which the Pacers just don't typically do, or if someone is is mad and unhappy with their playing time, which I don't think anyone's going to be because this is a, a high professional group of guys this year, and they've all I, talked about how they don't think that will happen. So that is why I think they will not. I had one, one, one more copy to that list. Yes, go ahead. That's if somebody like who we don't think of right now becomes available who shouldn't be available. Right, understood. Team. Right, I like, would call that strength in the squad, though. Okay, that's fair. I guess I, mean, I guess I say that. I guess I did. I did put a caveat on it. So you're you're right. That's fair. That's totally fair. Just that because, like, if you can make a move for, I mean, I'm not saying who would be available. I mean, who? I mean, I can't think of anybody right now. Honestly, who would be available? That, that's good. But if something crazy <laughs> happens where somebody, you know, especially a small forward becomes available, who's awesome? That would be like the Pacers' ideal move. Yes, understood. Correct. Because and their expirings are the guy there is Justin Holiday, right? And they're just. Like, given that he's the brother of Aaron, he doesn't have a ton of positive value, but he's been good for the Pacers. He's a nice depth piece. If he's not sour grapes about not playing, if he's the guy, he might not even be the guy. Then, like, there's no way he gets traded. There's just no way to me. And the other two expirings are technically McConnell, although he's could be guaranteed next year, and Alzay Johnson, who they're not going to trade those guys either. So, yeah, well, he's not an expiring, but he's not a low-contract guy. Maybe he could be dumped. Right, right. I just – expirings are a common thing thrown around yeah. for – but they it. also don't need cap relief, so there's also no point of trading those guys. Yeah, the, the only other thing I could think of, and this, like I said, if they make a big move, is they got, like, the Turner and Lamb contract. Like, yeah, if they go huge, they could do that. I they go for a small four, that would, that, that would work, right? It would, you don't really need Lamb because you have enough depth, and then you can kind of slot in the Warren to the four. In this yeah, I just don't think they will trade Turner because they want to see how Turbonus works with Vic. 
I think that's fair. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, it would have, unless it's like yeah. a slam dunk, obvious I mean, home run name, trade. I can't even honestly name a small forward who would be available who would fit that. Like I can't. Yeah. Like George is not available. Leonard's not available. Bugs not available. Those are the three guys that you could do that. You would do that for, and none of them are available. So I don't really. Right. I mean, like a Siakam, but he no, he's not available. Like there's not Never available. There's yeah. no one out there that's like the small forward that is going to be traded tomorrow. It's on like you know. There's no. Yeah. There's no longer any. I mean any of these like small market, small forwards, right? All the small market guys are now teamed up in like three spots, essentially. All the, yeah, all the good small forwards are on good teams too, which shocking. Good but, teams uh, and big markets. So. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, I do not see them making a trade. I'm going to write about it and put more detail into it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Can I, can I throw out one guy just to see? Uh, is he on the Cavs? No, no, no. Ooh. I just, this is just like, we're not going to but like what, what if Ben Simmons comes available? Like, is there something you would trade for him? Oh. I love Ben Simmons. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, he could slot in the Pacers lineup pretty well, right? He just played the three. Uh, I don't know why Ben Simmons would be available, but, yeah, I would try to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he'd be available either. I'm just saying if something – he's, like, the only thing I think about, like, maybe uh, – I would trade anyone not named Big for Ben Simmons. He's amazing. I probably would be try to keep Brogdon, too, if I could. But Oh, fair enough. But, yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons is a stud. But then you're talking about the two guys that the Philly actually needs, right? They need There's guards. no way they're tra- – there's no they way. They guards. They don't need – they don't need there's just no way they're trading Benson. No, I don't, I don't think I'm saying he's like the only I can maybe kind of think of that could be available. Right, because here this trade deadline's probably gonna like Gallinari from OKC. Uh him to the Blazers just seems like it's done. It's gonna happen. Kevin Love somewhere. Who knows? Other than that, like no one that great is gonna get moved. No, I mean it, unless a shock guy happens, which usually there's one, but like Beal's the other shock, but I think the Blazers might be out on Beal. No, they just resigned him. They can't for a long time. Oh, you're right. You know? You're right. You know? He's a summer trade. Like, right? like one of the best three players traded might be Marcus Morris. It's just not a, it's not a good trade season. It's just. I weird. would. Just, I mean, unless they can get some value for a guy they're not playing, like a let's say Holly, Justin Holly goes out and they get a first late first for him somehow or something crazy like that. I would just hold your guys and. Oh, absolutely. Make a especially because they have everyone in their rotation outside of Holiday is on a multi-year deal. So. And also, please, we can run this team back again. Let's do it. To be honest, this team has barely been healthy for. a a stretch of game, so you're just bet on somebody yeah. hurting, and then you're like that guy who's angry about minutes is all of a sudden playing more minutes again. Boom, boom, there you go. I'm nice. with you. All right, good. We both agree they are. I, I would go 90 percent. They make no trade. Ninety five probably, unless it's something like last year where it's like Ikeani Bogu for two dudes who they're going to cut in a second just to steal a second from a team. But I don't even know if they would do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like would you just? No, you don't really want to – there's no point in dumping a contract because they're, no. they're going to be over the cap anyways, right? Yeah, so, like, there's no point. you don't want to dump because it's not going to matter. There's, I just don't see anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think we both agree when they made all the moves this summer, it's kind of a two, two-year two lock, basically. At least, yeah. Well, I mean, because Vic is – Through the Vic deal, yeah. Yeah, so exactly. it's a lock for that. Um, I'm with you. But interesting, though, I mean, I don't know. This is just another thought, but they've – they played this good without Vic. Now, let's, let's not say if it's going to leave or not leave, but, like, it does seem like this team is also built to be sustainable when if he does maybe ditch the team, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. That's I don't a, think he's going to tell them he wants to leave, right? So there's not going to be, like, this drama next year of, like – Right. He, won't, he, won't, he probably won't say anything yet. All right. You want to do Kings? Yeah, let's do the Kings preview right now, and then we'll do the uh, Lakers-Bucks after this goes kind of the two big games. Yeah, we're going out of order. Kings is on uh, Friday? Friday. Yep, yep, yep. yep. First night of a back-to-back for them, the big news – but the Kings is that uh, De'Aaron Fox will likely be back by then. The uh, I, I forget what his name is. Carmichael's his last name, I think. Uh, for NBC Kings reported, he might return Tuesday for them, which I would imagine that that means he'll be playing on Friday. So that changes the look of the Kings. You know, he played uh, I think the first four games for them, three something like that. Not very many. Uh, maybe even more. I don't know. He played nine games. Wow, I did not feel like that many. But they're they're he's he's very good, and they'll they'll be better if he's back, which changes the way you view the Kings. They they also went three and six with him. So. Three and six. Yes, they did go three and six with him. Three and six with him. Sorry. Yeah. They did. They lost to the Jazz, the Blazers, the Nuggets. These are good teams. Yeah. The Raptors. Yeah. Charlotte though. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Although the Pacers lost a lot of this. The Kings, uh, you know what surprises me about them? I've, I've caught a few Kings games. I don't know why I, I get intrigued by the Kings. You know, remember, like, the thing that made the Kings so, like, awesome and fun and, like, catching teams off guard last year is they were so fast, right? They would fly up the court in transition, and their offensive sets were so quick, they would just surprise you. Now they have a new coach, and they're last in pace right now. Yikes. It just feels weird that this young team – 
is playing like that, you know? Well, and I get that they have had no Fox and, you know, our, yeah, our man, Corey right. Joseph, well, I guess he's just my man, um, has been starting for them. But last, I mean, they still have healed and like Richon Holmes has been playing amazing for them and Bogdanovich has been, yeah, exactly. It's weird. Well, I mean, so what part of that is they've got some better than there in terms of they've got Belisa and Ariza who are both. Yeah much older let's put it that way uh and the other part is just fox it's really just fox it's because fox hasn't has been i feel like has not been there and that's why they've not been running down the floor because they don't have their running gun duo of heel and fox out there right and they played the kings twice in the preseason they, that's why another reason they feel so familiar uh if you'll recall they won both of those games tj warren the savior in the first game uh but fox was good in those games i thought like he had I think he had 16 points in the first one. I don't remember exactly. But yeah. Preseason. 15, I don't, like I don't like really remember stats preseason. It's going to be <laughs> But I remember – well, do you remember Buddy Heald being really good? Because I do. And I mean, I remember him being good still because he's averaging 22 and 5 right now. <laughs> Buddy Heald is very good. He's a very good basketball player. Yeah. So the Kings are just – they're playing slower than last year, but they're still winning enough. You know, 11 and 14 is good. Uh, they just they just have kind of a good balance of weapons everywhere. And that, that kind of makes them like the Pacers and a little harder to defend. Yeah, for to me, if it's like this team and the Suns are competing for that eight seed, I think the Blazers, will, like we talked about before the show, but the Blazers will kind of ride the ship eventually and be the seven seed. I think in the in the West, but I think this team and the Suns and maybe throw the T Wolves there are kind of competing for this last spot. I one. think if the Thunder don't trade Chris Paul, they'll always be in that hunt. That's fair too, and the Spurs will probably be too. Maybe it's all, but it's like the Kings and Suns to me are the front runners to be the eight seed. I guess. I like the Kings in that group too. I think I'd have the Thunder above the suns barely but i don't okay. know when aiden comes back the suns are i, don't I guess know. maybe it's just the two young teams that it feels like man you could get i you there. could give a good argument for any of those two teams honestly yeah that's interesting but, man it's so weird seeing the bottom of the west be bad i thought that this would not be the case well this is right it's the first year where i feel like the east might be as good as the west except for the top two teams yeah, the top couple even the top one and the east is the best team that's next segment. yeah but they're probably the third favorite third best team to actually win the title right understood there. On the two LA teams, but Under. weird. It's the weird NBA year because it's just the Warriors are the worst team in the league, and they were the best in the league for five years. It's weird NBA year to me because there's very few like middle of the pack teams. I think a lot of teams are really good, and there are a lot of teams that are really bad. What's fewer? What's also weird is that the Cavs and Warriors are com- are a combined what eleven and like forty five or something crazy like that, or sorry, eleven yeah, and forty two, and they were the best teams in the league for what four straight seasons, three yeah. straight seasons. Yeah. So back to back to the. Uh, the Kingy Kings, who scares you on this team? I think Buddy Hill is is my butcher at least. Is your butcher? He's team. He's been a reliable player. Got to play. He's just he's just good. Buddy Hill always always surprises me because I always forget he's not just a shooter. No, he's a, he, a really good player. He's a good floor player. He can dribble and get to the hole. He's not a, a minus passer. He's close to three assists a game, which for a guy like him is really good. Um, yeah, I like I like Hill the same way a lot of people like Hill just. A solid offensive player, and he's he's probably the most likely killer. Though Lamb's length could give him some trouble. So I, I know we say the uh, the Pacers probably have the the best kind of trade of their star player when they're forced to, but really the Kings netted a pretty good haul. When you think about it in hindsight, and they sure did. Boogie trade. I mean, Hield's a really good player, and they got some draft pick, right? And they, they the- yeah. I wonder who they picked with that pick. I don't remember. Maybe it was it the Giles draft year? Because they ended, up, I think they ended up flipping the pick for something else. What, I mean, even just getting Beal that Beal even getting healed, yeah, healed out of that, and then what's happened to Boogie's career since that trade? I mean, that's just that sucks. Smart move, to be honest. Good move. For them. Worked out. I remember everybody thought it was a horrible haul. It turned out to be good for them. Yeah, well, they usually that's how it works, right? Oh, <laughs> you trade your superstar player for two guys who are not average or a, or a center who can't shoot whatever or can't play four. Oh wait, it actually worked out because hey, speaking of. Centers who can't play four or shoot. The Kings are starting one of those, and he is playing awesome for them. Yeah, Adam does know. Adam knows nothing about Rashawn Holmes. We have. No, I know who he is. I was we have just... learned from this pause. <laughs> uh, Adam, I believe this could be wrong, but I believe Rashawn Holmes leads the league in shooting percentage this year. Uh, he's not bolded on the b-ball right. Oh, he is not. You are right. So uh, I don't know. I know he's close to the top. Just because I remember seeing people talking about it on uh, Twitter the other day. He has just been a monster for them around the basket. Dunker spot, lobs, all that fun, jazzy jazz. To answer my own question, he's now third in shooting percentage. Excuse me. I apologize for my misstep there. So is he is he your butcher, you think? Uh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. But the thing is – I know he's not my butcher. Um, yeah, I'm just talking about him because 
you know, a lot of the centers who kill Turner, right? He's not as good at, at like face guarding other centers who can score. We saw that with Trez uh, this year. That's not Holmes. Holmes is more like a Rudy Gobert kind of play finisher level of guy. So I don't think he's your butcher, but I think he's a good player through mindful of, right? Like if you step up to cut off a drive, that lobs over your head or that offensive rebounder is coming over your head. So you just got to be careful of those. My butcher's Fox if he plays. Darren Fox is amazing. Yeah, I think if I mean that's I think those are the two heels and Fox probably. I mean Bogdanovich maybe he's been. Solid. Yeah the the worst the worst Bog, Bogdanovich. I don't know. Is he? He's pretty young, right? Isn't he like? But he's not young, young. No, but he's younger than the other Bogdanovich. I guess like, he's twenty seven. I guess he's like twenty five. Yeah, he came Again, in the league late. The same thing as as Bowen, where he came in the league late and it feels like he's younger than he should be. And he he just slings off the bench and those guys are good. I mean those guys are valuable and good and yeah. Bogdan's one of them. Yeah, I just I, like Fox was awesome last year, right? He turned the Kings from this horrible, horrible franchise who were doing nothing for seasons to like a competent, good team, and that's <laughs> there's a lot to say for that. So, I think he's good, and I think he is the butcher if he plays. So the other thing is, do we see Bagley start? No, he's out for more. I think is he out? I thought he was playing against play the last game. Really, he did. Really? Played the last two games, Tony. Welcome back, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I, I, I was, that's that. why I was trying to figure it out. I was like, I'm, so he really played their first game and then got hurt. That's crazy. Yeah, and then he played the last two against the Knicks. I knew he got hurt, and I saw three games played, so I just assumed that he was uh, still in. Good so he him, played man. 21 minutes against the uh, Knicks when they play the Knicks. They uh, lost the Knicks, didn't they? It's, what is that? The 13th isn't would be crazy? Friday. On um, Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he would play 21 minutes, so he might be starting by the time come around right i like bagley you know he's got this kind of fun in between the three-point line and the painted area game where he can kind of dribble and create it like like a sabonis like a game you know he's not as good as sabonis but he's got it going on in that range right he's now young too he's really young and raw stuff. yeah i think he'll be good but so he's a young guy without a lot of experience so i think this kind of plays into who i would pick as my expert which I'm, I'm picking the bench right now to be my expert because they're on a crazy role but if bagley starts that sends what be elite to the bench probably uh yeah, be jelly. So that makes the bench unit much better if we're looking at like Corey Joseph, Bielitsa, Bogdanovich, and Ariza. Maybe Let's Yogi Barrels, probably not. Even I, yeah, Yogi's out because yeah. Fox is back. Uh yeah, Bielitsa's been really good for them. He hit that buzzer beater to beat the 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 Rockets, if you'll recall. So that makes that makes their bench a lot better than what it was. They do have a quality bench. Honestly, so you, part of their struggles might just be the injuries that we talked. You know, they were they just. I kind of they were a team. Corey Joseph, Bogdan, Ariza, Deadman, and Bialica is a quality five man bench. Kings yeah. are good, man. The Kings are good. Yeah. I'll I not be deceived by their record. I think that I think for me that's the X Factor, and we'll see how that matches up against the Pacers, obviously, whose bench has been just, I mean, on fire as of late. Put it that way. Yeah. What is your X Factor? My X Factor. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they don't really have a ton of like huge holes or huge advantages. They do have pretty poor post defense. So Sabonis will be my X factor. Uh, as much as I like Rashawn Holmes and him shooting ridiculous percentages and by to shooting and Marvin Bagley's floor game, uh, none of them can guard Sabonis. So I will pick Sabonis. Okay. I think that's fair. I think Sabonis with 29 in the first preseason game. How many do you have in the second one while Utah? So do you think win or loss for the Patriots? I do think win. I do too. I think it's a home game. I I don't know. The Kings are on a back-to-back, right? But I assume they're on a road trip. They're on the first game of a back-to-back. They're on the – okay. But they have also have been – And they are on a road trip, yes. Also, Yeah, too. they were in New York, right? They lost – They were home for New York, but they go to Golden State okay. and then to Charlotte and then to Indy. So it'll be a third game of uh, – Yeah, they're really – Their moving. road trip, so. Yeah. I, I Adam. I think, I think it's a win. I also think it's a win. Yeah. I think we both did. We both have win preseason. Just me. You had a loss, nerd. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. I wish I could take that one back. But again, you picked them to lose to the Knicks. So I don't think I, I did pick them to lose to the Knicks before the season started. I so, have a lot of regrets. That's that's by far the worst pick I've ever seen. And we knew they were bad to start the season too. Like the Kingsley yeah. thought about being be better than the worst team in the NBA. But uh, I'm wrong. I was stupid. All right, well, let's take one more break, and then we will preview the important games or the big games of the week. All right, Tony. The Pacers have the second toughest schedule left of the NBA right now, the remaining schedule. That will go way down after they play the combined, what, 57 <laughs> and 6 Lakers and Bucks. That would be the 47 and 6 Lakers and Bucks. 47. I'm sorry. My bad. Still ridiculous. Still insane. Still totally ridiculous. Yeah. 
There's a chance the Pacers lose as many games this week as these two teams have losses the whole season. Like, That's insane. They, yeah, the, so the, the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. We'll do them second. They've already played. We'll be shorter for them. Lakers, I think, are the second-best team right now. They are just – I did not expect them to be this good on defense. LeBron's passing has made them good at, like, things they weren't supposed to be good at, like cutting and shooting and all this stuff, and they're just so good right now. It's, it's amazing to watch this Lakers team. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – Oh, and they have Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, I think we all underestimated that when – Anthony Davis is the best player LeBron played since 2010, Dwayne Wade, or 11 Dwayne Wade, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that he has that experience of playing with Dwayne Wade, he knew how to compensate and how to play with another superstar at that level. And so it's like – it's like getting a second chance to that team and he's still at the same level LeBron is. So he was then. So it's like – I mean, it's just – it's insane. So the the saving grace, if that's even accurate, because the Lakers are amazing. Uh, they just played the Hawks. They won. Uh, Avery Bradley was probable for that game, but they're a little banged up. Boogie was obviously out. Anthony Davis was probable. LeBron was questionable for that game. He did play. Kuzma was out, and Rondo was probable. So they have a little nicks and scrapes, the Lakers. Maybe we don't see them at full strength, but uh, they all played, so maybe they – The other thing is it's the fourth game of their five-game road trip. And they play Milwaukee. Yeah, they've been all over the place. They play Milwaukee on the 19th, so I don't know if there's something about maybe some guys are hurt. They decide to – LeBron never plays in Indiana, remember. He consistently never <laughs> plays in Indiana. That's true. This Career. is uh, his least favorite play. Over and over again, he would not play against the Pacers. So, I don't know. Maybe they get lucky and somebody sits or whatnot. Last year, they played Lakers when they traded like half their team. Um, and this is how they beat him by like 30-plus something last year. But um, I don't know. I don't think they get that lucky, to be honest. And it's – this Laker team is um, – it's 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 going to be interesting to see if they can really run the table so, in like 65 games and be NBA champions. They've just gotten like scraps of good contributions from so many guys. That's what's made them so impressive. And what's made LeBron be so good is he's like – so they, if, if you're on their basketball reference page, this is like shown pretty well. Of their top 12 guys in minutes per game, 11 of them have played over 20 games. And those guys are all getting over 10 minutes a game. So they're playing like a lot of guys, decent minutes, and they're all scoring like an okay, you know, six to 10 point range and just giving you the little stuff here and there. And then LeBron and AD just kill you the whole game. So the, it's hard to guard them because if you sag off one step too far, Danny Green's hitting the three or a step too far, Kuzma's getting to the rim. Like they just, they're just getting a lot from all those guys that, that were kind of the punchline, like, oh, these guys are going to help LeBron. Well, yeah, they are. They're doing a good job with those guys. So this might be the first time in LeBron's career where he's not going to score on a team too. Yeah, AD is playing out of his mind. I can't, uh, it's, so, it's so weird that you talk about the Lakers and he's like the second well, guy to talk about. The one LeBron will get is his minutes, right? I mean, it, I mean, I know he's been – um, basically, for last year's what forty games he missed, give or take, he's basically been a tank. But yeah. I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes, certainly compared to, thirty-five I mean, a game. It's a lot, which is a lot for. I mean, he's played that much throughout his career, but still a lot of minutes. It feels like. Um, but yeah, it, this they've they've just kind of basically took the same model as the as the Cavs, LeBron teams, the late Heat teams, to surround LeBron with shooters and with guys who can stretch the floor, and then they. And then on top of these that, guys they, weren't supposed to be shooters. They just well, have been. But like Green is a shooter, and Green guess, is a shooter. I don't like, know. I guess KCP is like a fake shooter. Yeah, like I guess. Caruso's never been a shooter, and Kuzma's never been a shooter. But they all are making them. No, but like, but then, them. but then you forget. On top of that, you just switch. You switch out like Kyrie for Anthony Davis. I mean, that's yeah. And that's like hey, there you go. <laughs> that creates more, even more space for these guys because it's almost impossible. I mean, Rondo is nineteen for forty on threes this year. Yeah, that that that's insane. That's oh, nuts, yeah. man. They're That's just insane. getting threes from everybody. But the Danny Green is not insane. No, Danny um, Green is not insane. The Caldwell Pope is kind of, but, like, it's not super out of the ordinary, I guess. With I mean, LeBron I, as a passer, all, everybody will look better as a shooter. Understood. Yeah, but I, I agree. The Rondo thing is, like, I don't think that's – That's nuts. That's got to be, like, one no of the sense. best stretches of 40 in his career. I mean, he's never shot up – no way he's ever shot up, like, 35% three in a season, has he? No, no way. Uh, he has – so he had for a couple years, actually, and with the Kings and then with Look the – Look at that, oh, Rondo. I sold like you short. 36 and a half and then 37 and 0.6. But, yeah. Look at you, look at you Rajon. He uh, – the, the Lakers played against the Hawks earlier, and Rondo and LeBron had a two-on-one fast break, and Rondo faked a lob to LeBron for the alley-oop. So when Rondo hit the layup, LeBron pretended like he was going to block it. It was super well, funny. Rondo is kind of a perfect fit for LeBron. I mean, let's be real. I mean, just the, the – 
the attitude with the way Ronda plays. He plays like he's a big time player, even though he's not statistically. But like that's how he kind of he kind of fake it to make it kind of way. Ronda's impact point. stats are bad, but I actually enjoy Rajon Rondo still. So. No, he he he's what's the I mean? I feel like he reminds you of Marcus. Marcus Smart almost, where he Ooh. feels like he thinks he's the best player on the court. He's I do not, not agree with that. But, the, but that kind of bravado sort of, like, helps carry you in certain moments yeah. in a playoff series to be huge. He just sees stuff, and I think high IQ guys are just good. Yeah. Nah, and on top of that, yeah, he's got incredible. He just sees stuff happening. Yeah. It lets you be in a good position, even if you're not going to do anything good when you're there. Well, and especially, <laughs> if, he's just, especially if he's just taking the shot, too. Like, right, for, there's a little search of screw. He just didn't take the three-point shot. Like, right, with, yeah. the, with the Bulls, he just, like, refused to shoot. I mean, he would literally just he – would, he would have a layup and just kick it out to somebody, which is sort of, like, ridiculous. So, as long yeah, as the Pelicans, he was bad about that, too. Yeah, out of that stupid habit, he's, he's a pretty decent player. I mean, he's, he's not great. I don't think he's, like, you know, world-beating, but he's probably one of the best, you know, he's a pretty – one of the best bench players, at least, in the playoff series. I trust him over a lot of guys. Yeah, he deserves a lot of, a lot of credit. So, Butcher, you want to pick Davis or LeBron or eliminate <laughs> two? Uh, those are the two, right? I mean, who is going to guard? We, we haven't talked enough about Anthony Davis. Who the heck is going to guard this guy? He's just on a freaking tear. So, it's going to be probably TJ Warren on LeBron and Turner on Davis? I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. That's not fair. I don't get why we like why we, why Right, Sabonis will guard Sabonis on AD and Miles on, on – uh, McGee, or do you flip that? I have no idea. They're so Why good. Why did the NBA let this happen? They should have, they should have vetoed the trade. It's not fair. <laughs> I feel like it's unfair. Yeah, they're nuts together. And, like, even JaVale's a good lob threat. So, if you finally find a way to, like, overload the LeBron AD whatever, they'll just throw it over your heads. Like, so, the, so, let's see. The only way they beat them is if, like, they just shoot an incredible percentage, right? The Pacers? Yeah, or the Lakers uh, can't get their three ball going. Right, so I'm looking at the three victories that have happened. So they they lost the first game to the Clippers, who are the second best team in the league. Let's call that or whatever, third best team. They lost to the Clippers, Dallas, and Toronto. Yeah, good basketball team. Yeah, those are all they really. They scored good. 104, 102, and 100 in those losses. So to in, to me, it's like you gotta hold them low in the hundreds, uh, which comes with shooting kind of poorly. So I, I guess maybe the move is just let Davis and LeBron. Do their Destroy thing. <laughs> to stop everything else. Everything basically, else. You know, like the, the Pacers basically uh, game plan against LeBron two years ago, right? It was just like, LeBron, you score 50, and if you beat us, fine. But we're not going to let you um, – we're not, we're not going to let anybody else beat us. And that's how they almost won a series against the Cavs, basically. They did almost win. Yeah, they shot under 35% from deep in that, uh, in that loss to the Bucks, Or excuse mm-hmm. me, in that loss to the Mavs. In their loss to the Raptors, they hit a third of their threes. So they, you got to just limit their outside shooting. The Pacers are pretty good at three point defense, though. Obviously, playing LeBron and AD is entirely different. So maybe some third game in six nights, three game road trip, kind of just <laughs> magic. Yeah, well, no, fourth game road trip. Sorry, fourth game in eight nights. I don't know. Kind of, they just feel you know exhausted and miss some, miss a lot of threes. Yeah, this because this this Lakers team is nuts. They're so good. Yeah, they're so good. Okay. Um, I underestimated them. I thought they would be second or third best in their conference. They are clearly – I mean, maybe come playoff time they're the second best, but right now they're clearly the best. So X factor for the Pacers? Whew. I mean, if they're going to score – I mean, Anthony Davis, right, is is top three defensive player of the year guy. He's just anchoring this whole team. If they're going to score, they're going to have to get stuff around AD, so Sabonis passing is going to be important. I'll pick Brogdon here. He's going to have to hit his outside shots and be able to to create some some efficient offense well. Sabonis yeah. is shut down a little bit. I'd pick TJ Warren. I think he's got to have 30 yep. points. I like that one, too. They probably don't win if without somebody scoring 30, and it probably most likely to be TJ Warren if they do. Yeah, and JaV- you know, JaVale is a punchline, but like he's good now because he's figured out that he only has to do two things, dunk and defend the basket. If Turner can pull him out a bit, we say this a lot with Drummond and Whiteside and stuff because they play them a lot. But you know, get JaVale two steps higher up, all of a sudden you got a little bit more room to do stuff. Uh, that would be big on Turner to be hitting his shots, too. Yeah, the other question is if maybe if you could just play a bully ball with them and kind of put LeBron in the post on Sabonis, whoever's guarding Sabonis, into – I mean, I guess it's going to be McGee, right? But maybe you try to switch and get LeBron having to guard Sabonis and just wear him out, wear him out of Davis, same kind of yeah. concept, and wear those guys out down low. But, yeah, I don't. I think they're going to lose, going to be honest. I do too. Yeah. Sorry to that depressing mood. Um, they're just good, man. They're just so good. All right, so let's move to the best team in the NBA, who is four and three instead of twenty three and three. Adam, do you know the date the last time the Bucks lost a game? I do not, but I imagine it's been the a while. last time the Milwaukee Bucks lost a basketball game was November eighth. 
They so. lost by three points to the Jazz on November 8th. They fell to six and three. They are now 24 and three. I mean, you look at their B-ball ref page, it's just like shooting in the sky. <laughs> They're so good. They've lost to Miami, Boston, and Utah. Three good teams. They just they're just killing everybody. Like they're so, now there is a good a big good sliver of news here for the Pacers. Eric Bledsoe's out. That's the one where I would be like, maybe there's some hope there. There, there's your little bit of hope is that their their point guard in this game will be George Hill, which is fun for the Pacers actually. Um, so they'll just get a little less create, actually a lot less creation there. It'll be a little bit more reliant on Giannis. But the first time these two teams played, Middleton did not play, right? He will be back. So a little bit of a trade-off. Yeah, I don't remember their first match, to be honest. I'm trying to, who played for the <laughs> They were on a back-to-back after Houston and Brogdon. That's right, Brogdon didn't play, right? So it's yeah, Brogdon. they got smoked at home. It's a Brogdon revenge game. kind of got to throw that game out because Brogdon didn't play. But, yes, it is the Brogdon revenge game in Philly. And, uh, yes, Middleton it did, in fact, miss their first one. So you lose Bledsoe, but you gain Middleton. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be okay. Um, they, they will. They did start. They are they still starting West Matthews? I mean, they are starting West Matthews. Well, that's that's they, a weak point. West Matthews is their only player who's played in all twenty-seven. Good for him. Oh, and Robin Lopez. Excuse me. Yeah, good for West Matthews. Oh, this is the perfect team for him. So too. they actually didn't start George Hill. They just played Divincenzo, Matthews, Middleton. Ooh, interesting. In their interesting. last game against the uh, Cavs. They've been calling Divincenzo because of his, like, super Italian last name. Uh, I believe I've heard him called the Big Ragu. Oh, my that's God. A, that's a great nickname. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's bound to be fat someday. <laughs> he's playing well for them. Good for no, him. No, he's playing fine. He's playing fine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the Bucks and Bloodstone Middleton and West Matthews, but, like, the MVP is on their team. That's the game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fair. I mean, the Butchers are probably going to be some combination of Giannis and Middleton. No, mine is Giannis or Giannis. I mean, wh- I mean, Middleton always put a little space. Why are we lying to ourselves pretending like there's another Butcher? Because if Giannis scores 40, they might not still win, but if Middleton scores 25, they will. <laughs> Touche. That's the difference, right? That's 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 – the difference um i uh i actually think that's a fair assessment yeah i think x factor wise i think brogdon is the x factor brogdon is a good choice uh, especially if he's guarded by the big ragu that's fun to well say. it's a revenge game he knows the bucks somewhat mm-hmm. offensive system in a way so maybe he can you know get lucky a couple times nick cut a couple things off well, we, i think it's got to be something like what we're talking about with the lakers and what you talked about with how they used to defend the heatles right if Giannis does get 40, you got to shut down everybody else. I think there's a big onus on uh, TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb guarding Matthews and Middleton to not let those guys get going and, and get shot, get, get shots. Yeah, and does Brogdon know some secrets about just like, you know, Giannis doesn't like to get, take the ball from here. Middleton doesn't like to take this particular yeah. this yeah. and force him to this spot and make him shoot kind of thing. Just the little things, like, you know, especially a guy Brogdon who's such a high IQ basketball player who probably has picked up on those things and probably point those out to certain guys. And with him on the floor, it can really be kind of um, the anchor of it. No way. Yeah, that, that, I was shocked. I actually thought he was going to play that first time. Wasn't he, like, questionable until right up before the game? I thought that was the back spasm game where his, his back was really bad. Oh, maybe it was. I right? Thought that was something that made me think, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to play. Uh, oh. You're thinking of the uh, Knicks game where he jammed his pinky. It was the Knicks game. Thank or, you. And what, what finger did he end up jamming or break? Thank you. He, they won that game without him, so. Thank yeah. <laughs> he, this, this was a back spasm. He wasn't going to play. He just had back spasm for, like, probably what? Adam, do you know – do you know the list of players who over a full season have averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists? Uh, it's Giannis Anacopo for this season. It would be Giannis, Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson, and Will Chamberlain. That what is quite Westbrook? true. What did Westbrook average? I don't think Westbrook had that many points. Or rebounds. Oh, excuse me, I don't think he had that many rebounds. Yeah, 10 rebounds, not 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Giannis is insane this year. It's like a yeah. joke how good he is. He's the MVP. He is the MVP, and he's an amazing defender. Warren is shut down for or whoever he guards is shut down for the whole game. Maybe it's a bonus. So I mean, yeah, honestly, the Pacers have enough weapons where he can shut down somebody. At least they should be okay. The Bucks are first in pace, third in offense, and first in defense. Like that just sounds like a joke. <laughs> How do you stop them? You hope they stop themselves. Yeah, they lead the league in two point percentage, thirteenth in three point percentage, first in rebounds, seventh in assists, sixth in blocks. And yeah, they they just they have they do they have to stop themselves. That's I mean, to me, the only thing the Bucks somehow is to have Kawhi Leonard. He's the only guy that ever forgot to stop Giannis. Uh, Thaddeus Young exists. Yeah, but he's done like Kawhi he's Leonard consistently yeah. stopped. Okay, I must say stop. Like, consistently was a nuisance to, to Giannis yes. in a yeah, way that less effective. Giannis didn't like suck. I mean, 
He did as good as you can do. Yeah, I mean. He still was amazing. Didn't he have like 26, 15, and 9 or something? Yeah, but he was just enough of a like, – like we keep saying with those kind of players, the goal is just to be make them just inefficient enough that, because they have to be so good because their other surrounding cast is not that good. They have to be so efficient that if they aren't just suddenly off, it screws up the whole game for them. In the team. He had 26, 13, and 6. little ho-hum action. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> That's insane. He is on yeah, but it wasn't 30, 16, and 8 or whatever like he was putting up. Yeah, like he does all the yards at the time. That's the thing. It's, it's the difference, right? It's 26 instead of 30. 50, 14, and 6 against the Jazz. And this, these are just some jokes of uh, stat lines. He's been ridiculous. Yeah. Um, probably not a loss, right? Oh, yeah, in, in Milwaukee, certainly. Something crazy has happened for the not- it Just To me, I want Giannis didn't play when they played Milwaukee. Or Milwaukee, I'm sorry, when they played Memphis. I guess that's their only shot is he doesn't play because they just get so much from everybody else. Yeah, to me it feels like – New is, Orleans, I'm sorry, not Memphis, New Orleans. Oh, after, three on that. after these two weeks, it feels like we're heading towards Milwaukee playing somebody in Los Angeles NBA Finals. Uh, it sure does. I am 100% in agreement. Not sure that. who in the who in Los Angeles, but one of those teams will make the full final. It feels like. Yeah, I look, I'm looking forward to that. I hope those two teams get the one-two seeds. They don't have to beat each other before the Western Conference Finals. Yes, that would be nice. Or at least a one-three if they're not one-two. It was so dumb last year that the Warriors had to limp past the Blazers after beating the Rockets. You know, it's like everybody knew. I don't I want mean, that to happen. Really, the Rockets fall for losing that, that game. That's true. They did. I forgot. It was like the Rockets were should have been the two seed. They lost the game. It was their fault. And like Portland just choked the game that actually helped the Nuggets in the seed seeding too. Or something yeah. I forget. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, then the, the Nuggets might have. I don't know. I feel like they were. The Nuggets are. It would have been more fun. I mean, they wouldn't have had a chance, but it would have been way more fun. Yeah, it would have been more fun. Whatever. I don't know. I so Pacers go one and two this week probably. Yeah, they got to beat the Kings. Yeah, they got to. I think. Um, I like this. Will be one of those things where, like, you just got to remember at the end of the day, they're just less talented and by a lot like you can't walk out going oh nate or oh my gosh brogdon doesn't have this or that or sabonis can't like who you know they're just outclassed it's just how it is they're gonna have to play differently to try to keep up and it make them look worse it's just going to happen yeah. the patients are down their best player and they're probably still be worse than both these teams with that player yes that's uh no, you can cut out the probably there I don't know. Maybe there's a chance for a fixed course, like 60 points that win a game. Who knows? There's a, <laughs> I guess. There's like a world where that happens occasionally. <laughs> it's, it's just brutal to play both of these teams in a week. They're just – Yeah. The good thing is the next year they play some teams that they're more even with. Now, they'll be still tough games, but it's a little – Yeah, next week's actually a fun, like, test where you are in the standings week. Yeah, because it's teams they, they couldn't be, like, who I don't think are worldly better than them, at least. They're probably better, but they're not, you know ne- – no, I agree. Level, so. And Christmas is next week. Which yeah, true. Great. And we get to the holidays, all, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. The holidays. <laughs> I've been playing very well. Uh, very funny. All right. You, 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 got, you, got, you got anything else before we wrap up? Um, I do not. I think that, that that Celtics win was a statement win, and we now know more about the Pacers this year, that they are capable of beating the every tier up to, like, tier B of teams. Yeah, so I've heard a rumor that Tony wrote a very good piece on, on the, the Holiday Brothers. So you can check did. that out at Forbes.com, right? I did, yes. I wrote about Jeremy Lamb today as well. So oh, I heard I heard that rumor somewhere. I don't, Just know, now. Who, I don't know who told me that rumor, but I, I heard that. Um, <laughs> we will have five podcasts for you guys this week, probably four the week of Christmas and then four the week of New Year's. But there could be an emergency pod. We don't know if it's going to return. We assume not in these two weeks, but if something happens, obviously we'll be we'll here see. for you guys. Um, we will see. This week will be normal. Just we'll, we'll figure it out next week. Yep. And so – Hopefully they will go one and two this week, but that's all we got for this Lockdown Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow us at Lockdown Pacers, Tony at TSTMBA, me at Freeman 5. That is all for this podcast. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.